good. Who's having a good time so far? I'm glad to hear that, and I believe that we're going to continue having a wonderful time in His presence. Amen? But before we continue into our worship set, I think it's important for us to just kind of refocus things a little bit, right? And just spend a bit of time in the Word, because everything we do and whatever we say should be in line with Scripture. And I believe that the Lord put something in my heart that needs to be shared tonight. So if you're sitting here tonight, or if you're listening to this recording, this is meant for you. Point at yourself and say, this is meant for me. Okay, so if you follow us on social media, if you saw our advertisements for this worship night, you may have realized that there is a specific scripture that was used. Anyone know what that scripture was? Okay. I will tell you what that scripture was. It was the verse, Psalm 150, verse 6. And it's a great verse. And I want you all to listen very carefully to me tonight because this scripture, you cannot tell me it does not apply to you. Because here's what we like to do when we read scripture. You know, maybe this is for someone else, but I'm not feeling it. Or you know what, in my current situation, this doesn't apply to me. Who's done that before? Okay, those of you with your hands up, great, well done. Those of you with your hands down, let me pray for you, because you're lying. We've all done it, because scripture sometimes is so cutting that we want to avoid it, and we're like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, it's not for me. But this one is for you. None of you can tell me it is not for you. And here's why. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, we just did a breathing exercise. That reassures me that all of you sitting here tonight are breathing. You have breath. What does that mean? You should praise the Lord. You cannot sit here tonight and say, "Ah, I don't feel like praising the Lord. Scripture is telling you, if you have breath, praise the Lord. Now, I think it's a great scripture. It's an awesome scripture. But let's not just focus on that verse alone. Let's take a look at what the rest of the chapter has to say. So we're going to look at chapter 150. And it's okay. It's not as long as 119. So 150 is fairly short. So here's what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. What does that mean? Praise him in his heavens. All right, in the heavens. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Were you listening to what that scripture said? Were you listening to what I was reading? If you were, thank you. If you were, you should have noticed something. And this is what I realized when I read, the, when I read this, is that praise is not quiet. Who has ever heard a quiet symbol? A clashing symbol. Is that quiet? Nope. Praise is not quiet. 
Because when we praise, our voices get a little bit louder. Our body posture is, a bit, is filled with a bit more excitement, right? There's more enthusiasm. We get excited, we move around, we shout, we scream. Think about when you're cheering for your favorite sports team. Okay, who watches sports? Whether it's soccer, rugby, I don't know, what, whatever it is you're watching. And your team is about to score and you're on the edge of your seat and you're clenching, clenching your fists. You're so nervous. Are they going to do it? Are they going to get it? And your team scores. What do you do? Oh, well done. No. Your team scores. You shout. You scream. You clap your hands. Woo! Right? You're not quiet about it. You're excited about it. So you shout. You scream. You're loud. Because praise is loud, and you're praising your team. Whether you're jumping, screaming, fist pumping, whatever it is, you do something, and it's expressive. Why is it that we don't always praise the Lord with the same excitement? Your favorite team is made of imperfect people. Now, this could be a sports team, it could be your favorite artist, whatever it is, your favorite something, you go crazy. Some more than others, but the point is you get excited, you react. But they're imperfect. God. God is perfect. God is victorious. He never fails. He never loses. He is magnificent. So why do we sometimes praise a sports team more than we praise our God? Why are we more enthusiastic about people than we are about God? Listen, guys, we, just take note of this, we need to stop giving man the praise which God deserves. Amen. On a Saturday night, go on, give him all the glory, come on. On a Saturday night, you find yourself in front of the TV or wherever it is you're watching sports, you're with your friends, maybe you're at a concert, you're screaming, you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You come to church on Sunday morning. We struggle to worship the Lord and praise Him with that excitement sometimes, right? And it might be because our approach is wrong. Maybe it's because we're just here to tick off church on our to-do list. So our praise ends up being, and I'm going to be brutally honest here and say sometimes our praise ends up being pathetic. The worship team comes up to start worship and you're like, okay, here we go. Time to start. Where's the enthusiasm? Where's the joy? Looking at your watch, uh, still half an hour before I can go have lunch. And we're not focused on the true purpose of our praise and our worship. So we're not giving that enthusiasm that we had the night before for our favorite sports team. But God is great, He is mighty, He is powerful, He is loving, He is forgiving, He is wonderful, He is all these amazing things in one, and we need to remember who God is when we praise Him. Because if we remember who He is when we praise Him, then our praise is going to be enthusiastic, it's going to be loud.
is greater than anything that we could ever imagine. Nothing in this world compares to him. So when we grasp that, when we truly understand that, our praise begins to look different. It begins to sound different. Our attitude is different. Our expression is different. So praise becomes loud. It's joyful. It's glorifying. It's expressive. It's exalting. Be joyful in your praise because God deserves it. Don't do it because I'm telling you to or because I'm asking you nicely to do it. Do it because God deserves your joyful praise. Now I want us to look at another passage, also from Psalms. And we're going to be looking at Psalm uh, Psalm chapter 95, verse 1 to 7. And it says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him, before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. That means that we are the people that God cares for. God cares about you. Maybe you feel like people don't care about you. God cares about you. Isn't that all you need? He cares about you. So often we clump praise and worship together, and that's fine because the two of them go hand in hand, they work together. Worship can look a little bit different to praise, but our approach to both of these should be the same. Worship glorifies God, it honors Him. It's surrendering before Him, placing Him at the altar. Now, I don't want to spend time tonight defining the difference between praise and worship. You can go look that up for yourself if you really want to know. But what I want us to think about and focus on right now is how do you approach worship? The way we approach praise and the way we approach worship should be with a heart for God. That's it. Nothing else matters. It's all about Him. And so the title of my message tonight is, It's Not About You. It's not about you. If you thought you were coming here tonight to be entertained, I'm sorry, I'm not standing on the stage for you. None of us are here on this stage for you. You're not here for you, okay? You are here for the Lord. That should be your purpose. It's not about you, it's about Him. When we worship, it's not about us, about our selfish desires or our preferences. It's about God and connecting with His heart. It's about encountering Him. It's about glorifying Him for all that He is and all that He has done. Now, you guys agree with this? I'm hearing agreement. But be honest with yourself. Don't tell me, I don't need to hear. Be honest with yourself. Is that really how you approach worship. Leading up to tonight, every single one of you built up expectations. You can admit to it or not, you may realize it or not, but the minute you decided you were gonna come spend your Friday night here with us tonight, 
you built up expectations. The moment you left your house to come here, you had an expectation in mind. And the moment you stepped into this building, you started to determine whether your expectations were going to be met, whether you realize it or not. You start looking around and you think, okay, cool, nice lights, nice setup, got some nice music playing in the background. Maybe it's your first time here and you're like, hmm, they're one of those churches. <laughs> Smoke machines, lights, ints, When the service started, you think, oh yeah, I love the song, woo, it's my song. Maybe you're thinking, ah, I'm not a fan of the song, I don't like it. It's, oh, it's too loud. Why is it so dark? Why are the words so small? You start evaluating your expectations. You start to determine, are my expectations gonna be met tonight? This style of music isn't for me, or yes, I love this. I love this full sound, the lights, everything. It's so cool. This is awesome. It's going to be a great evening. Expectations. And don't tell me that you don't do this. Don't tell me that that's not what you were thinking when we started, that some thoughts of some kind like this were going through your mind. It happens to all of us. I've done it. And I did it not that long ago. Last week, I was at a worship concert, and I was so excited for this. I, I was so ready to worship, and I was anticipating this service to start, and it starts, and the, the guy comes up to open for the artist that was going to be singing, and I'm excited. The, he starts playing the music, and it's good. I'm enjoying it, and then he opens his mouth to sing, and out comes Afrikaans. Now, please understand. <laughs> please understand me. I have nothing against the language. I personally just am not a fan of Afrikaans music. Yammer, yammer. Hey, hey, you have your own expectations and your own preferences, whatever, to each his own. But personally, I'm not a fan of Afrikaans music. I just don't connect with it. And so I thought, oh, great. Thank you, thank you. The Holy Spirit reminded me of that too. So I'm standing there and I'm just looking at the words on the screen in Afrikaans and I'm thinking, okay, I'll wait for the next song, it's fine. I'll just stand here, I'll just try and focus on the music. And then it's like the Holy Spirit slapped me across the face and said, this is what you want to speak about on Friday night. Don't be a hypocrite. Very quickly, I realized what I was doing. I was putting my preferences above my worship. I was using it as an excuse not to worship. Oh, I don't like Afrikaans, so I'll skip this one. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, this is what you're going to speak about. Do it. I cannot stand here and tell you guys that it's not about you if I'm not applying it in my own life, correct? Correct. So here I was standing, looking at these words, feeling very convicted because the very thing that I was thinking about, I was now doing. It's not about me. That switch flipped very quickly and I realized it's not about me. That guy is standing on the stage glorifying 
just praising the Lord in his language, what is comfortable to him, and he's going all out, and I'm sitting here just saying, no, thank you. So I pushed past that. I pushed past my preference, and I said, you know what? It's about him. It's about the Lord. I'm here to glorify God, not languages. I'm here to glorify God. So what does it matter what language is up on that screen? What does it matter what song is being sung? Because it's not about me. Whether I like the style or not, whether I like the language or not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to worship him regardless because worship is not about me. It's about him. So I started worshiping. And I had a wonderful time. There were some very special moments in that service. And I wonder if I had allowed my preferences to stop me, would I have had such a wonderful time? Would I have encountered his presence the way I did that evening if I had just stopped because it was in a language I'm not a fan of singing in? So we all have these preferences. But are we allowing our preferences to hinder our worship? How many of you have been doing the same? Having these internal monologues saying things like, I I can't worship if, dot, dot, dot. I struggle to worship when, dot, dot, dot. We all have our preferences, that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that. That's why there's so many different styles of music, including worship music, don't get me wrong. There's variety. And it's fine to have those preferences. But what I'm saying is be careful in allowing those preferences to control your worship. So often we set these conditions for how and when we are going to worship. And you see, when we do that, it's a problem because that means we've missed the point. Our worship should not be conditional. Why? Because it's relational. It's relational. When you love someone, and I mean truly love someone, I'm not talking about this wishy-washy, oh, I love you, and then the next day it's like, ugh. I'm, I'm talking about real love, scriptural love. When you love someone, you love them unconditionally. That means when that person you love comes up to you and says, listen, I need help with something, are you going to stop them and say, okay, I'll help you, but what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? No. If that's what you're doing, that's not love, guys. Because unconditional love, real love, when a person comes up to you and says, I need help, you're like, okay, here I am. What can I do? I'm not concerned about what it's going to benefit me, what good it's going to do for me. I'm going to help because I want what's best for them. So worship is relational, meaning you don't come to worship and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to worship you, but here's what I want in return. Here's what I'm expecting in return. No, you come before the Lord and you say, I'm going to worship you, Lord, because I love you. Because you are magnificent and you are above all things. You are the greatest there is, yet you want a relationship with me. So Lord, here I am. I just want to sit at your feet and enjoy your presence. And if you give me something, that's fine, but that's not why I'm here. I just want to enjoy your presence. I just want to worship you for everything that you are. 
And when we approach worship with the right attitude, when our hearts are in the right place, when we worship in spite of what is going on around us, that's when something special happens. When we worship with the expectation of being in his presence, of glorifying him, of surrendering ourselves to him and declaring how wonderful he is, rather than the expectation that he is going to give something in return, that's when the Lord just meets us. Because it's not conditional. We're not coming to the Lord with alternative motives, right? Saying, Lord, here I am, but can you help me with this? Can you give me this? I'll worship you completely if. No. You worship him completely. You surrender yourself before him. You worship him wholeheartedly. And he is going to meet your needs because he's a faithful father. If my expectation is just to worship him, then it's not going to matter what is going on around me. The external conditions are not going to influence my worship. Whether I am feeling broken and hurt or whether I am feeling absolutely joyful and good, whether I have had the absolute worst day or whether I've had an amazing day, whether I am full of life and joyful or whether I am tired and weak, whatever it is, whatever my situation, if I choose to worship the Lord regardless of my circumstances, and I choose to worship him because he is worthy of my praise, not because I want something to change in my life. That's what's pleasing to him. That's the worship that he honors. Unconditional worship. Unconditional, non-self-seeking, pure-hearted worship. That's what he desires. And that should be our approach. That should be where our focus is when we worship, it should be on Him. All this other stuff is extra. It adds to the worship experience, but it should not determine whether you worship. Your heart determines whether you worship. And if your heart is focused on you, your worship is not gonna be pure. And your worship is gonna be influenced by all this extra stuff. These things are going to control your worship. But if your heart is focused on God, then you are going to be able to worship him anytime, anywhere, regardless of what is around you. So you chose to spend your Friday night here with us tonight. You could be doing anything else. School's just closed. It's holiday. You could be doing anything else on a Friday night yet you chose to be here. And you came here expecting a good time, expecting good music and a great atmosphere, and that's fine. And yes, we do our best to put something amazing together, but ultimately we're not doing it for people. We're doing it for Him. As musicians, we practice not to be perfect, but so that we can give him our best. As vocalists, we sing with all we have, not to show off, but to glorify him. The tech team is at the back there, adjusting levels, changing lights, putting the words up for you with cool visuals. 
They're not doing that so it looks cool and is flashy. That's a byproduct. What they're doing is they're worshiping. They're using their skills and their talents to glorify him. All of this is worship. Don't be mistaken into thinking that worship is only singing. All of this, the entire team that is working here is worshiping. So the lights are cool, the sound is great, the uh, visuals are awesome, we have some great music, but what if all of that was stripped away? What if we had announced that our worship night tonight was going to just be us in a dim hall and we wouldn't have had all these fancy lights, we wouldn't have had the colored lights, we wouldn't have had haze, we wouldn't have had a full sound system, we wouldn't have had backtracks and a band and all of that. We had just said we're gonna have a worship night, we're gonna come together, maybe have an acoustic guitar. Would you have given up your Friday evening to spend time like that? Some of you are saying yes just to make me feel good. Some of you are genuine. Listen, be honest. Would you have given up your Friday night to come sit in the dark with the guitar? It's okay if your response is no, because it's honest. Don't, don't say yes just to make me feel good or to think that that's what God wants to hear. Just be honest. And if your response is no, I would not have come to an event like that because I have better things to do on a Friday night than to sit in the dark. It's okay. But what I'm hoping, and I think some of you are getting it, I'm really hoping that's the case, but what I'm hoping is that you, after tonight, you're going to think about that. You're going to think about your approach to worship. I hope that you evaluate how you view it. Is your worship conditional? Do you view worship as something that is there to meet your desires rather than it being something to glorify God? And I pray that as you do this, as you evaluate, that God is going to reveal areas in your life that need correction. That he's going to reveal those little selfish desires that you're putting above worship that need to be corrected and removed. And I really pray that when the Lord reveals that to you, you're going to be proactive about it. You're not just going to be like, okay, and brush it aside. But that you're actually going to do something to change it. That you're going to start approaching worship with the, the right heart. That you're going to step out of this desire of having everything being the way you like it. If things don't go my way, if things aren't the way that I like it, sorry, not for me. I pray you're gonna step out of that and that you're gonna step into his presence and surrender before him in pure worship. Let's wake up to the truth that self-serving approach destroys our worship and defeats the purpose of us being here. It turns all of this into something about me, about what I can get from it, about meeting my needs, about lifting me up, and about being entertained. That kind of approach completely pushes Christ out of the picture, pushes him aside, like he's secondary to all of this. And if he does get a bit of praise, it's a happy accident because I was actually just here for myself. If we view worship through the lens of how it serves us, then all of this is for our benefit instead of his glory. 
I don't want to be in that position. And we need to be careful to not fall into the trap of performing and calling it worship. And this doesn't just apply to the people standing on stage. Performance can take place right where you are. So are you performing or are you worshiping? Be aware because you can label something as worship. Doesn't mean that it is. Worship is not the music or the band or the church. It's not an event. Worship is a result of the attitude of your heart. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about who's on stage or what music is being played. It's not about the lights or the visuals. Worship is all about him. So can you worship if all of this was to be taken away? Would you want to worship if we didn't have the band and all the lights and the visuals? If we got rid of this, the visuals, we got rid of it, gone. Lights, we get rid of it, gone. That's it. Can you worship? (laughs) Evaluate where your standing is with us, how you're approaching worship. If you realize that the sound and the lights, the band, the backtracks, the worship leaders, if that's what you need to worship, then I pray that you're going to ask God to help you overcome that. That you're going to be able to worship regardless of what is going on around you. Just close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I want you to take a moment to just think about that. Where is your heart? Have you set conditions for your worship? Are you limiting your worship because you want all the fancy stuff? Because you want your needs and desires to be met? Have you been viewing worship through the lens of how can it serve me? If you feel that you would not be able to worship in a setting like this, in the dark, nothing fancy, if you would not be able to worship this way, then pray for the Lord to change the attitude of your heart. Because I believe he wants each and every one of us to get to the point where we are going to worship regardless. We don't need the fancy lights. It's nice to have, but it shouldn't determine our worship. We don't need the backtracks. They're great, but it shouldn't determine our worship. We don't need a band. They're great, but we shouldn't need that to worship. All you need is a serving heart, a desire to encounter him. So I want you to just take a moment, spend some time in prayer, think about where you are, how you're viewing worship, and if your expectation was to come here and be entertained, 
then I pray that the Lord is just going to convict you of that and bring you to the right place. That this is not entertainment. This is worship. This is glorifying Him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. So as we prepare now to continue with our worship, I pray that we're going to go in with this new way of looking at it, with this fresh approach that it's not about us. So the team can get ready. And Lord, I just pray, I just pray that we're going to realize worship is not about us, Lord. It's not about what you can do for us, but that it's all about you. And we are sorry, Lord, for what we have made it. If we have made it a selfish thing, then Father, forgive us. Take that selfishness from us. If we are struggling with that, Father, I pray that you will just reveal that to us and that we're going to realize our wrongdoings, Father, and we're just going to come to you with a pure heart. When the music is taken away, when the lights are taken away, when the musicians are taken away, and it's just us and you, Lord, I'll pray and that we're not only waiting to worship you in these corporate settings, whether on a Sunday morning or events like this, Lord, but I pray that we're having moments of personal worship with you. Where we just surrender before you and we honor you and we lift your, your name high, Lord. We give you praise. May our focus be completely on you. May our hearts be completely on you. May we be worshiping you because you desire our worship and that we will worship you because we want to worship you, Father. So we just thank you that you want to have that relationship with us, that you desire this kind of connection with us, that you just want to be with us. So may we just come before you, Lord. May we just enjoy your presence. May we just surrender in your presence. Help us to not be concerned about what our neighbors are doing next to us, Lord. But that we're so focused on you that what comes out of us is this expression of just worshiping you, yes. praising you, glorifying you, Lord, giving you the praise that you deserve because you are perfect and never failing, because you love us unconditionally. So may we raise our voices in praise to you. May we express that love to you. And may we approach you with a heart that is completely surrendered to you. It's not about me. It's about you. Amen.